So uh, let's play a little bit, a little Brit, a little Brit, a little bit, oh, a little Brit, a little Brit, a little British. Are we a little fucking Brit over there? That's my Brit. That's my that's my little Brit accent. Oh, you little fucking Brit over there. Terrible. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band or artist and we break down one of their records. We listen to the entire record. We uh, we really, really get into the nitty gritty. Really, 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 really. Pieces of it. I don't know what I'm saying. Pieces. And we we, uh, we talk about it. We try to have a good time. We give our biggest bangers. We give, we give some stinkers sometimes. I don't know. Pieces While you're listening, because I know you got nothing better to do. That's why you're listening to us. Got go it. to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify, give us five stars, and five stars only, please, please, and thank you. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that bullshit. Uh, we also have a phone number. You can call us. You can leave us a voicemail. You could shoot us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link and join others, other other friends of the pod. And, um, you know, we could all talk shit on Jeff. So, uh, uh, oh, a couple shout outs, a couple shout outs. Uh, last week we got a uh, voice message from a guy named Ignacio on Instagram. That's just a great fucking, uh, voice message. He listened to the pod. He digged it or he dug it. And, um, thank you for the nice words. I'm, I won't play it. Cause you know, I don't know. I'm sure we did. Well, we didn't ask him if we could play it. So. Uh, just thank you for listening. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was it was actually like a really nice message, and I I, I would normally make fun of somebody in any capacity, the chance I can, but there was there was like nothing to make fun of. He was really nice, and then it yeah, was, uh, it, it warmed my heart. It warmed my heart. I, same here. Yeah. I was so I was so stoked about it. I I'm like excited. I'm like Jim Carrey and the Grinch on Christmas. Like my heart grew after listening <laughs> to that message. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he found, he said he found us uh, from our Turnstile episodes. That's pretty that rad. He's from, he's from, uh, what do you say he was from? Was a Chile? In Chile. Yeah. So that was rad. Like, that's so cool, man. Like Somebody from South America listening to us. That's so sick. Oh, I thought Somebody he was outside of from Chile's, the bar. Oh, for, oh from Chile. Yeah, well, he probably was from Chile's. Yeah. Yeah. That would make more sense. No, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. But uh, we also had somebody else reach out to us on Instagram. This guy named Ted. I won't give out his last name. But uh, he, he messaged us saying he listened to the last podcast. He really dug that as well. Uh, he wanted he asked us to share our thoughts on a band called The Hotelier. I've never heard of this band. And with their record, Home Like No Place Is There. Never. I've just never heard of it. I mean, I'm down to check it out and listen, but... We yeah, are going to listen to it, and we're going we're gonna to tell you our thoughts next next week, unless we forget, which is highly possible. Yeah, we might forget. We might forget. But yeah, thank thank you to Ignacio and Ted for listening and reaching out to us. It's fucking awesome. So keep listening to all your friends and give us five stars. Remember, five, five, five stars. Five stars, please. So um, 
that's all I got for the intro. What are we doing today, Jeff? Uh, we uh, we are doing Peter Tosh's Equal Rights. Hubert McIntosh, also known as Peter Tosh, began his musical career in 1961, and as a solo artist, he put out seven full-length records, six live records, 11 compilations, and is considered one of the most significant reggae artists of all time. But that we're doing today is called Equal Rights. It's, it's, it is his second record, and it was released in 1977. The album features Peter Tosh on vocals, guitar, keyboards, and a wide range of other musicians playing... Everything from guitar, bass, drums, keys, organ, clavinets, sax to the trumpet. Uh, that's all. That's that's all I got. So, um, Jeff, what is your uh, what's your origin story with the Peter Toshes? Go. I I never really got into reggae until I worked at Virgin, and and this guy Jerry, Jerry. who worked at at Virgin. I, I've mentioned him several times in the pod. Yeah. And uh, I've I've always thought that if I ever saw him again, I would try and like get his his number or or talk to him. And one time I did, I did see him at a at a at a match. I watched I went I went in front of the pot of Cell Hill to see Liverpool play. I think it was like Chelsea or somebody at the. I, was, at the, I think I was there with you at the Coliseum, and I saw Jerry oh, at the oh, fucking a live live one. Okay, it was it was it was me June. So he'll maybe Sloan was there too, but I saw Jerry at the fucking at the at the at the match, and in my yeah. mind, I was like I was like okay, here's your chance. This is like your your uh, your boyfriend here. Go talk to him. <laughs> but I was really really drunk. So when I'm, when my mind was saying hey say this, my mouth was like hey Jerry. <laughs> so it came off terrible, and I did not get his number. And he's again lost to the sands of time. But. <laughs> But Jerry, who was I think a couple Jerry. years older than us, he uh, he he turned me on to like reggae, and my 
my section of Virgin Records was to organize like the reggae section, the reggae tone, and the world section, which kind of bled yeah. a little bit into the jazz. It was a lot, a lot of like world jazz stuff, a lot of like uh, the Brazilian jazz and things like that. Yeah. So so I just stared at these reggae artists every single day that I worked and I just started like listening to them and we just had bins of, of free CDs at the time. And uh Peter Tosh, his 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 album Legalize It because I, I've I've just never been one to like smoke, but that album uh artwork is so aggressively like like pot, right? It's so oh, yeah. aggressive. And I was like, okay, this has got to be pretty good. And Jerry's like, yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Listen to it. Give me all these factoids because you know everything about reggae. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And and that was like really my first, my first like deep dive into reggae because I've liked reggae before that, but it was mostly Bob Marley. And then okay. at that moment, I'm I'm one hundred percent like Peter Tosh team all the way. <laughs> If we're just comparing like the three, Bunny Whaler, Peter Tosh, Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 100% Peter Tosh. I get it. I totally get it. All right, my uh, my origin story, I don't know. I don't know the first time I heard Peter Tosh. I, I listened to Bob Marley a lot growing up. My parents had the the, the Bob Marley Legend CD. It's one so of the top-selling albums of all time. Yeah, so they played that CD a lot growing up. And it's funny because my parents never really smoked. They were never pothead, or they never, yeah, they maybe smoked a few times a year, but that was about it. Like, rarely did. Um, but yeah, no, we listened to that a lot, and uh, I guess that kind of is my introduction to Peter Tosh, but him as, like, a solo artist, I don't think I got into him until you. I think you're the one who, who played me Legalize It. I don't know if you had an actual CD copy or burn copy. I don't know what, what it was, but I'm pretty sure it was through you. And then since then, I had only ever really listened to that record. And then, uh, actually, that's it. I'd only ever really listened to that record until we started collecting vinyl and I started getting stuff on vinyl. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say he's better than Bob Marley. He's just different. Because Bob Marley's pop stuff was just was so good. But when it came to, like, more straightforward reggae music, Tosh was better, for sure better than than marley like tosh took more experience he was more experimental with his music i feel than marley ever was but it's it's, it's really like what do you want from your reggae music yeah if we're, if yeah. we're just com- only comparing the two what do you want from your reggae music do you want just something that's easy to listen to something that's pop focused something that's that's super catchy but it's also kind of superficial or do you want something that's incredibly aggressive that's very militant not not nearly as as catchy as as the other, but it's a little bit more complex in his lyrical content and his delivery and and where it draws inspiration from. Yeah, and I think as a, as a kid, Bob Marley's a no brainer because it's oh, so sure. easy to get into. I think the older we get and the more the more we want out of music, Equal Rights is. Uh, I mean, this is my favorite reggae album of all time. This is this is just this is Oof. fucking unreal. This is unreal stuff. And and Peter Tosh is is so vastly underrated as oh, a totally. person, as a not as a musician. I don't think he's a great musician, but as a Persian, Persian, person, Persian, Persian, yes. Is he Persian or a person? A Persian, a Persian, Persian. Yeah. a Persian, Persian. He's he's vastly <laughs> underrated as a Persian person. Yes. Um. But uh, he he just God, the guy was just he was fighting for shit in the seventies that other people in America were just kind of like pussyfooting around and this album 
when you listen to like Get Up Stand Up, you kind of just like Get Up Stand Up, like it's fun. Oh, it's the Boiler song. It's but it's like it's a. Well, he's fucking calling you out, dude. He's telling he you is, to yeah. do something. Like, you, just, you don't just sit there and fucking take it. Like you need to stand the fuck up and do something. And that's yeah. Yeah. that's fun because as as like Americans introduced to this, and then they really like 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 ska predates reggae, and ska is based around earlier forms of of other world music, but also mixed with like American rhythm and blues. And so mm-hmm. reggae is 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 based in like American rhythm and blues music. And so we don't take it that seriously. And that's why Bob Marley is so massively popular is because his music is not serious and we don't think it should be serious. And guys like Peter Tosh, I mean, God damn, man, you watch you, 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 first of all, you read about some of the concerts he did. Mm-hmm. Then you watch some of the concerts that he did, even with Bob Marley. And the dude was an asshole. He was difficult to get along with. <laughs> yeah. People did not like working with him because he only fucking cared about, equal rights yeah and he was a Save tall guy too. he was like six four yeah he's huge i didn't realize he was that big he's a tall he towered guy. over everybody yeah and that's that, that that's why they pushed bob marley to the front of the whalers is because bunny whaler just it, i mean just not as attractive as bob marley or peter tosh straight up and then peter tosh is just kind of an asshole he's he's hard to get along with <laughs> because yeah. he's he's militant bob marley's uh he's malleable he's 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 putty Marley was the the Martin Luther King and uh Tosh was the Malcolm X of the group. I is that, I I, is that I like I like that comparison because it gets the point across, but Bob Marley is was just I don't think he I mean just nowhere near did anything for anybody what Martin Luther King did, but I like that comparison <laughs> solid solid way cuz yeah, Peter Tosh was was aggressive. Dude was getting arrested in his teens fighting yeah. During those huge riots, uh, the the Rodney riots of, of of the late '60s, he's like driving cars to fucking shops just so his homies in the backseat can run out of the car, r- the, loot the shop, get back in the car, and drive away, all while and he's I, doing I this think, little stuff with the whalers. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, the, he got the money to make legalize it because he was part of some like smuggling operation, and that's how he got the money to make legalize it. Or maybe it was a maybe it was a whalers record. I don't remember what it was now. But yeah, the dude was fucking crazy. He did all kinds of crazy shit like that. I mean, when you think about it too, like reading a little bit about his past, his both of his parents abandoned him when he was when he was a baby, and he had to be yeah. he was raised by other family members, and then he pretty much went out on his own when he was like fifteen, and just kind of, I, I mean, okay, so the the story of him learning how to play guitar, it's very folklorish. You know, he he goes and sees this one guy on the street watches this one guy play the same song for like six hours or some shit like that and learns everything that the guy plays. And then the guy lets Tosh play the guitar, Peter Tosh play the guitar, and he plays the song. He's like, how'd you learn to play that? He's like, you taught me how to play guitar. Or he's like, who taught you to play guitar? He's like, you taught me how to play guitar. It's like, eh, that story's a little... <laughs> but it's, it's it's no little, different than like than like anything we hear from Robert Johnson or any of these oh, I know. blues guys, which is just I mean? which is even more ridiculous. I, I totally agree, it's but that's so what I'm saying. Good. It sound it sounds very like like a folk folklore, like a myth and some shit like that, you know. But uh, but you know, Peter, and then of, and then of course, what in the late '80s, right before he died, they he had that that guitar made for him, that M16 guitar. Yeah, just fucking, he's fucking. That's so nuts. awesome. It's That's so rad, awesome. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Made from an actual like M sixteen fucking assault rifle. Yeah. I think the same assault rifle that 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 that, that he was robbed and ultimately shot with, too. I think that was you the know same what's so gun. weird. 
about his death. So, so real quick, his death. We'll touch upon it. 1987. He uh, he's at his home, and three men come in, and one of the the main guy, he, Peter Tosh had, had at some time in the past when that guy got out of jail, he helped him get a job or gave him money or whatever. So he knew this guy, and this guy came in demanding money from Peter Tosh. Peter Tosh said, "I have no money here." So he held him. So these three guys held Peter Tosh and a couple other people in the house hostage. And then as more people were coming to the house, they were holding those people hostage. And then eventually <laughs> there was like this, this kind of shootout and Peter Tosh was shot twice in the head over money that he didn't even have in the house. So Peter Tosh was dead. Um, another guy died or two other people died, but I can't remember where they were. Like everybody died except for like the woman that was there. She yeah. got shot in the head, but didn't die. But didn't die. But what was so weird about it out of the three people who were there the three shooters only one of them was convicted and yeah, that was the bizarre. one and the other two their names have never been released what the fuck i know that is some weak that's some crazy conspiracy shit right there like it, it clearly points to like an assassination run yeah. by the government because oh, this is yeah. J- jamaica barely got its independence in the early 60s and the 60s and 70s were rife with rioting with assassinations, the Green Bay Massacre was when the Jamaican government or the Jamaican police force cornered a bunch of ruffians and fucking executed them in the street. Just straight fucking up, like, nuts. shot them to death. There was a ton of, of stuff going on. And don't forget, too, like, like, like 1968, that, that iconic picture of, of, the two, of the two black guys on the Olympic uh, first place, second oh, place, the, third place. Oh, the Black Panther With guys, the hands, yeah. with the hands. Yeah, with their face in the air. That was that yeah. was like the same fucking day, if not like the same week, that these massive riots happened in Jamaica because Jamaica denied entry to this guy that was basically talking bad about like uh, the apartheid. He was talking bad about like equal rights, and and he was he was trying to like get more recognition for all of this stuff. And those and the, that that picture, what a lot of people probably don't even realize, that that picture is very iconic. They were booed. They were booed off that yeah. stage and then kicked the fuck out of the stadium. Like those two guys that raised their fists like that, who got first and second place in the Olympics, mind yeah. you. That's still pretty solid. Back when the Olympics That's a huge. people cared about it. Yeah. But yeah, they were booed off that stand and then kicked the fuck out of the Olympics. And it's just like this is this is why this album is so goddamn good, is because this is not this is not just like Crosby Stills Nash, right? Acoustic mm. stuff. Talking about how bad the war is, man. Playing like, no, it Woodstock. This is, you know. this is this is Peter Tosh saying like, no, we uh, we we need to take a stand. We need to do something. We need equal rights, or I'm going to fucking make us have equal rights. And there's well, there, a little bit of like a violent yeah. undertone to this album. And that's oh, absolutely. That's what I love about this. He I mean, criticizes he criticizes people for not taking action and just you know laying by the wayside, like not they just. People want peace, but they don't want to take action to get that peace. They just complain about it, but take no action. And, and he goes, and he goes even further to even saying like, like, like you want to go to heaven, but you won't die for it. I think that's yeah. aggressive. That is aggressive. That is that is, yeah. that, that that is like your your stereotypical person who says, "I'm going to live my life." I, I mean, I guess we can get into that song later on when when we're doing it. I guess, but uh, yeah, yeah, we should, dude, we, off the rails here. This album is so fucking good. It's unbelievable. It's great. Yeah, it's so unreally. It's 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 fant- it's it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. It's just his death was so obviously an assassination. Absolutely, it's 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 insanity that nobody talks about it. 
Absolutely. And in the whole like lore of, of, <clears throat> of him, and I mentioned earlier, like the whole the whole thing of him, like he did help this guy, right? He helped this guy when he was out of prison. He gave him money, he gave him a yeah. place to sleep. He even invited him to the house, which is like the party house that Tosh had. He invited him to this house and then he paid him money to like like work and stuff. And this guy was kind of like getting back on his feet and things like that. And so then the fact that he came back to to rob Tosh, knowing that Tosh had no money because he had just done a bunch of shows in America that he had not got paid for yet. And so Tosh mm-hmm. was like, I don't have any money, dude, but like you're welcome to stay here. Yeah. And then like and then subsequently like puts everybody on their belly and executes them. Mm, bizarre, weird, so don't strange, believe yeah. it. All right, so let's um let's talk about this. So there's eight songs. We're not gonna be taking a deep dive into the deluxe version, the dub versions, the outtakes, oh, all that kind so of stuff. So good though, right? Those, those yeah, no, those the dub, dub pressings. Oh my god, they were really Unreal. fucking good. Yeah, the only thing that was annoying about it on Spotify was that the dub stuff wasn't grouped together. It was like two dub songs and an outtake or two, then another dub song. It was it was like with a Weezer deluxe, you know. Yeah. It was really annoying. But yeah, sequencing a little bad. Yeah. But otherwise it, I mean the, yeah, those songs were fucking killer. So we're doing we're doing the original eight songs that were on the record. And uh do we have any stinkers? No, no stinkers. No. I don't either. Do we have how many bangers do you have? I have I have six bangers. Okay. So you're not really a Peter Tosh fan then. You have eight bangers? I have eight bangers, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> They're all bangers. Come on, dude. I'm not I mean I'm not as big on reggae as you are, but I mean, I I really like, you know, some of it. I mean, a I, lot of I, it's garbage, but okay. Well, I I mean, I the last two songs are not are not quite bangers for me. I think they're the most important songs from this album, but they are mm-hmm. no. The last song is I think is the most important, and yeah. then and then also African. The sixth song is is the second most important, but like Jaw Guide, I think that's that's like my least favorite song, just because really okay. It's it's very it's very mediocre. See, with that with that song, so that's my seven B. Uh with this one, I like how Peter uh he sings different. He 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 sings kind of like in a lower register. He um he kind of uh draws out the notes when he sings a little bit more. Something that he doesn't do on any other part of the record. So that I thought that was pretty cool. But musically I thought it was uh it was pretty you know pretty average for him nothing really stood out musically but still good i just like the the vo- the difference in the vocals that that's what really stood out for me on that one I, I i wrote the same thing i think i think it sounds great when he stretches out his vocals he's not a great singer but he does have like kind of a a, a, a gritty rasp in his voice when yeah. he wants to he can kind of get in there and 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 kind of sound like the common man and i like that there's some really rad like lead guitar parts too that are sprinkled in this one but yeah, um, I, a lot of the songs know. have that have the have the random kind of lead lead guitar parts that just they come out of nowhere, honestly. Yeah, but they're generally very good. Actually, I think he's a pretty solid guitar player. And from everything that I've read, he taught Bob Marley how to play guitar. Like he did. when 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 the Whalers formed, Peter was the only one who knew how to play an instrument. So he had to he, teach he, everybody. He played everything. To, he played bass. Yeah, he played, played guitar. He played drums. He played keyboards, and he taught himself how to play all of these things. And then I taught think the Bonnie only Whaler how to do it. I think the only thing that he didn't do very well was 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 singing. But then I think Bunny was the one who taught him how, how who taught him and Bob how to sing, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, I mean the Whalers, their first album is 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 nothing you could ever imagine. It is it's fucking pop. It is yeah, yeah. It is like swing pop. It is it's it's strictly vocals. There's no like reggae in it whatsoever. It is pop ska. And yeah, then they transitioned right. into like what we know as as Bob Marley and the Whalers. The first album's bad. It's just dumb. It's stupid. It's not I'm it's I don't stupid. remember it being it's bad. bad. It's been many years since I listened to it. Ska's like my least favorite, like like if we're doing like Jamaican <laughs> subgenres and stuff. Even though ska is not a subgenre, it's the genre. Everything else is subgenres. Yeah, I, ska is like my least favorite. It's just it's too it's too poppy. Don't like it. The way then what's what's rock steady? I thought rock steady was the pop more pop. I mean, it's I guess like, I'm wrong. Like, I I don't I don't I don't know too much about the the different genre genres. I mean, we could we could go fucking all day for these 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 subgenres sure. of, of rock city and reggae and reggaeton and dance hall and all these. We can go to Mento oh, or other things and Calypso. There's 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 hundreds of them, and they're all pretty yeah. much the same for the most part. But there's there's subtle there's subtle nuance to it. And like when you talk about ska and reggae, they're so similar. But then you you hear like you can just Google. Actually, Bob Marley himself did a fucking fantastic video. Even though it looks like he's high as fuck. He did a fantastic video on the differences between ska, uh, I think it was ska, rocksteady, and reggae, and he and he shows you on a guitar just the strumming pattern of the differences between the three, and oh, it's like it's like night and day. Damn, you should have sent me that video. I'm I really thought it was like a well-known video that everybody's seen. I've I've never no, I'd never I'd never even heard of that. But you're a bigger, like I said, you're a bigger reggae guy than okay. me. All right, you know, so uh, you should have told me, but that's fine. The best reggae, obviously, is Third Wave Ska. <laughs> 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 that's a fact. I think that's the one, the one ska or like kind of genre that's the most hated. It I really is. Think it is. It's it like really it's is. universally hated by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fucking rad. It's the best. Oh. All right. Okay. So, so that's, let's that's your seven B. That's fine. We don't have to talk about that much. Whatever. What yeah. about apartheid? Is that is apartheid? That a, yeah? That's my 6B. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, the second half of this album is a lot worse than the first half. Not to say it's bad by any means, but it's a lot worse. It's, 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 more, it's more focused than the first half. It's more focused on one thing, and that one yeah, thing is getting true. his point across. The first half is, is very kind of also talking about equal rights, also talking about like we need to do something, but it's also like incorporating a lot of melody to it. The second mm-hmm. half is very much like let's abandon the melody and let's just get into like the militant part of my message. And I agree. I think the first like the first half, my my top four bangers are the first four songs. Not in that order, but the first four songs. I, I'm I'm with you on that as well. Yeah. So uh, apartheid, I mean, that chorus is so, so catchy, but outside <laughs> so of that, good. It it is. Um musically though, I mean it's it has that kind of kind of common reggae beat, uh, some good percussive stuff going on, but outside of that, it, nothing really stands out. Oh, the there's some cool guitar leads though, with that that he throws on some like crazy reverb and echo on it on his guitar, and he kind of rips it up a little bit, but there's just like a solid lead guitar line that kind of plays through parts of it. That's that's pretty damn good, but yeah, otherwise. Outside of that chorus, there's nothing really that stands out too much. Yeah, I, I I agree. I um even though it's not a jokey song in any way, I couldn't help but think of the intro to Cisco Kid by Sublime when I heard Sublime, that yeah. like 
gunfire, the gunfire thing going yeah. off. <laughs> it starts out with like gunfire and it like pans across each uh, on uh, on the stereo. It pans across the right and left uh, headphone. Yeah, it's channels. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the I, channels. I, yeah, yeah, that's I, what I meant to say. I laughed. I knew I shouldn't have laughed, but I laughed. <laughs> I fucking love Cisco Kid. I love, love that song. That's it's the best just, Sublime song. It's like the best and the worst Sublime song that's ever been. It's just, it's oh, so. Oh, God, dude. It's, it's so, so fucking heavy. It's so dumb. It's so, but it's so sublime, right? It's so yeah, them. Yeah. Like, that is like at the essence. That is, that is like, that's their niddle shins. That is them like, <laughs> at their basic, at their basic, basic moments saying, like, hey, what should our first song be? I don't know. Just play the tape. And it's Cisco Kid. <laughs> it's so bootleg sounding. Have we done Robin the Hood in the, the modern format? I, don't think so. I think we just did 40 ounces. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, dude, we got to do. We got to do Robin the Hood. We do. We Fucking do. amazing record. What's uh, speaking right. of Sublime, what is your, what is your 1B? <laughs> you know what my 1B. <laughs> <laughs> That's my 1B. Wow, too. and the, you said that one up real nice. Yeah, I Stephanie Razor. Yeah, it's not going to be your 1B. It's so fucking good. It's um, Come on. And Sublime did such an amazing cover. It's they, They're very similar in a lot of ways, but they're still that unique touch that each band has that just make this song that just makes the song absolutely perfect. So yeah. So this was originally written by Joe Higgs. So he uh, he was the one who helped helped out with the Whalers at the very beginning and everything like that. He was the one who wrote it, and it was actually about him. So it lyrically it talks about you know don't don't you know don't try to fight me i'm gonna like whoop your ass like don't judge me by my size because he was a, he was a short guy he was like five six or five seven and people would like try to bully him but then he would whoop their asses so this is like him just kind of strutting around town you know threatening people essentially um and then uh which, it's a machismo it, it, song it's, it's yeah it didn't it didn't really apply that well to uh to peter tosh considering he was like twice the size of this uh Higgs guy, which is, Joe Higgs. Which is yeah, which is weird because like five six is not that short. Like that's it's noticeably short. Like you would notice somebody is shorter than you if yeah. your average height is five ten or whatever, but five six isn't that short. It's, it's maybe not, like no. are, like Jamaicans just like really tall people? Like are they just like fucking tall dudes and, and dudettes over there? They must be. I I, I don't really know. Never to write a song to, to write a song about how like you have to fight for for your life because you're five six, that's not that's not that small. I'm just saying. It was the, the mean streets of, uh, are they in Kingston? I don't know. I forgot what city they're in. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, like, again, Jamaica got independence. I think it was 1962. And, and Okay. And then I, I read a lot just about, like, Jamaica's history and, and how a lot of people still think they they should never have got their independence from, from the U.K. They, they should have still continued to be part of the U.K. because afterwards it was just, they were just rife with, like, poverty and, and corruption Whereas, like mm-hmm. with with when they were part of somebody else, they never got that because they got their their money. So I don't know. It just it just seems like a very tumultuous uh, country. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think it's still wild. It's still pretty corrupt. I mean, more modern things I read about the place. It's yeah, people vacation there a lot. It's a great vacation spot, but it's still pretty damn corrupt. But a, a lot of Central America is anyway. So. It's also uh, it's also interesting to note that Tosh, for a long time, for many years, said that this was his song, and it wasn't. It really? wasn't until legal battles happened where it came out that was like, oh yeah, well uh, actually, this guy helped me write the song. So um, yeah, there's that. He's but I'm tried. curious, like 
had Joe Higgs try to, if he had recorded the song back in the sixties or whatever, you know, would it really sound like this? I mean, it, Peter Tosh has, has such a unique sound, especially to the, from the stuff from the early sixties. I don't think anything would have sounded like this. Another version of the song would have sounded like this. This is this is one of the ones where like there's little lead guitar parts scattered throughout this this song that just add like yes. some really solid nuance, but like really, it's 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 Sly and Robbie, but like 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 Robbie, you know the, the, these guys are are fantastic. Sly Dunbar on the drums is 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 good. He's super tight, but he's only doing like the hi hat thing, and he mm-hmm. he he hits that hi hat very crisp. And there's a lot of cool little pacing issues that I like. I I, I dig all of that. But like Robbie Shakespeare is, is a fucking just an unreal bass player, and the way he can like set Tosh up is is solid. Tosh is able to do like essentially whatever he wants because of Robbie leading Sly, and then mm. also supporting Tosh. And yeah, they're like there's a reason why like like fucking no doubt right like hella good and like that that whole rock steady thing they did they enlisted Sly and Robbie to help them with like the 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 rhythm oh, section. They did? Yeah. I didn't know that. What the fuck? Yeah, I think it's hella good that they're on. They they like help write that song. No shit. These guys, you know, they, they, these guys are like fucking like royalty in the reggae realm, straight up. I've been meaning to go back and listen to that No Doubt record. It's, it's been, I'm t- I've been telling I know, you. I know, it's I know you so have. I know. Good. I honestly, so I don't think I've, I don't think I've listened to it since probably late high school. So like oh four oh five. I really have not listened to it in in almost twenty years now. Because I hated I, I, it so much back then, and I'm like, why would I listen to No Doubt? Like, I'll just listen to Tragic Kingdom or Self Titled or Beacon Street. I've no, I like, I've never had a desire to go back to listen to, to uh, Rocksteady. After or this even, week, or even Return I, of Saturn, I think, I've never really cared to. Return of Saturn is, is is whatever. That's that's throwaway because it's it's nothing new. It's just rehashing kind of old stuff with a little bit of what we'll hear full force in Rocksteady. Okay. But I think I think after this week you'll you'll appreciate and you'll like Rocksteady more. Should we do Rocksteady on the pod? Oh, I'm so down, dude. Rocksteady is good. I like Rocksteady a lot. We'll we'll talk about it after the pod because yeah, we'll talk about it after the pod. We we just have to remember to talk about it in an hour. Could, but, could write it down, but I'm not going to. Yeah, but this song, this song, the, like so, like the solo, right? The solo in this song, I love it. It's a cool nod to like their rock and roll influences. If we're going back to like the ska and the ska's influence by the American rock and roll in part, but it's not taking over the song. It's mm-hmm. it's it's and then like while that's happening, Robbie's hitting all of them like he's hitting that bass fucking hard at this point. He's letting those notes like burp out aggressively. We hear that right that yeah. that very sublimey thing. He's he's letting those <laughs> notes out really really aggressively, which we don't hear him do a lot because he's like you said earlier he's. Buried in the mix a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's 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 more he's there just, just he's a supporting actor, and this one uh, I I just think this song is is very is just very aggressive. And I think it everyone's is. just on their fucking game. So what I thought was cool about this song, like it starts out with like that kind of disco beat, which is really rad. It, it starts out with that, but then it kind of goes into you know a typical kind of thing that he does, like the the normal kind of reggae beat he does. But then for no reason whatsoever, they're not even like proper transitions or fills he just kind of like goes wacky on the drums and it gets really fucking loud and then it just drops right back into the into that 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 simple beat or simpler beat but it's very 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 dub like 
and it reminded me a lot of de facto like if you listen, go back and listen to megaton shot blast that de facto record the way cedric plays drums on that record i feel like was very inspired by something like this because sometimes when when cedric hits those snares he hits them like extra hard or maybe they're turned up in the mix like when they're when they're going back in in, in post-production but yeah it just reminded me so much of de facto i thought that was super rad because obviously de facto is amazing but I, I so like there, there are certain parts like what you were talking about how things just don't things don't make sense like why are you speeding up why are you slowing down why are you doing this it doesn't yeah. transition well and you can hear this is the only song on the album where and again like like sly and robbie are are, are reggae royalty which i don't understand because I the bass either. the bass is fucking unreal i think the bass is fantastic it's the drumming i don't get the drumming, I don't understand like why it's like reggae royalty because it's just it's just good hi hat usage. Yeah. Otherwise, it's 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 whatever's. But this is the only song that I thought these guys are on on the same page. And when one of them speeds up, it's instantaneous. The other one is also speeding up. And it wasn't just like on on uh, on album here. Like I watched, or I I listened to a lot of like uh, live stuff that they were doing, and a lot of live stuff. I listened to other songs that Sly and Robbie did together, and the live things that they do is so much better than how they translate to recordings. And I don't know why, I don't know why Sly dumps himself down on the drums on recording when he's such a fantastic drummer. And Maybe you would never know. I don't know. It's that's Tosh. You but you would, Tosh? Okay. it is. I mean, it, it's, I mean, dude, he's the would, band leader essentially. So you would never yeah. know that, that Sly is a fantastic drummer. Unless like you read it or I told you, right? Because he doesn't do yeah. anything crazy. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's, that's fair. It's, it's bothersome. It's bothersome because he's an <laughs> unreal drummer. I and mean, the, I'll take your word for it because I, I didn't watch any live videos. So, and the lyrics too. Like my favorite, my favorite like lyric of the of the whole album is is if you are a Chucky, if you are a Chucky. <laughs> I just think it's a sublime version. Just, the way that oh, song so stops good. and goes, it's so fucking good. Yeah, Step and Razor. There it is. Yeah, it's really good. I, I also wanted to talk about the um, that chorus. I mean, the chorus is so fucking catchy. And the background vocals, they're a little off time, but it adds a lot of charm to the, to the, to the entire song itself. And I, I thought that's super killer. Um, and also, the, especially the beginning half of this record, the organ, dude, it just, that organ sucked me in and i was i was addicted i love the organ it's up there with like the vibraphone or the xylophone whatever you want to call it if you got one if you got the organ or you got the vibraphone on your on your song i'm instantly gonna like it and this is one of those songs where that organ cuts through the mix really really nice and he kind of has like this organ solo at the end it's so fucking sick and you mentioned the the kind of the the bass playing on this song it doesn't cut through too much in the mix but there's this. Re- I don't know what effect he's using on on his bass, but it sounds like kind of like a frog. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's real guttural. It's very yeah. It's very guttural. And it reminds me of like a frog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, dude, it's fucking good. I but. think they have like they have like three keyboardists on this album. One of them plays the so. uh, the the clavinet, and there's a couple parts on this album that 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 clavinet sound shines through. And it's yeah. it's just it's just money. It's just money. Ah, oh, dude, it's so good. But yeah, Step and Razor is my one B easy. So that was, let, let's let's play a little bit of Step and Razor and then Step in Razor because it's Step and Ra- Step in 
Razor Step. on Sublime, I think, right? But it's Stepping Razor on here. Well, it's not Stepping. So. Stepping. Stepping Razor. So here it is uh, from the Peter Toshes. Razor from Peter Tosh. That song is so good. It is. It's it is unbelievable. It's, it's a beyond banger. Like this, this song stands banger. out. It stands out so much on this record, and really, honestly, on on Robin the Hood, the Sublime record, this is one of the best songs on that record. I mean, I Cisco, agree. Cisco Kid is the best song, but this oh, song, uh, f- or yeah, uh, Cisco Kid, Steppin' Razor, uh, Free Loop. Free the free loop, loop dub, dub. love that. Dude, that song is so good. Love that bass line. Oh my god, it's so fucking amazing. Three best songs on that record. But um, anyway, Stepping Razor. Okay. Do we have anything else on this one? No, that's uh, that's that's it. That's all. And what's your two B? Uh, I am that I am that I am that I am. Is that really your two B? Yeah, yeah, that's my two B too. Is it really? So, yeah, dude, it's so fucking good. Dude, it's it's the chorus, man. Like Robbie's bass playing in the chorus just just shows how great he is, right? Like, yeah, ex- yeah. Accenting certain parts, but letting Tosh explore that melody unencumbered. Tosh is allowed yeah. to go onto that stupid fucking melody, which is super catchy, but it's dumb. But then Robbie's back there. Robbie's back there supporting supporting cast at his best. Oscar nom right here. Tell <laughs> this me. Is, uh, the they. The way he plays the bass, it just it matches note for note with with Peter, and it just it's the only time on this entire record that they do that, where they match note for note. It's it just sounds so good. It's so different from everything else we hear, and I I fucking love that part in the chorus when they do this that. Is, this is one that has like the clavinet. Like I I think that's <laughs> I think that's what I'm hearing here. It's yeah, in the background. I, I think you're right. It's pounding out those chords like before they with the tone down type of thing. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I love it. Yeah, and th- I don't. I mean, 
what I get from that, from what you're saying, the, the clavinet, or maybe it's just the keyboards, I'm not entirely sure, but I get a, it sounds a lot like Animal Crossing, the music from Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like dating it's back be the to the clavinet. Yeah. I mean, dating back to the very first Animal Crossing on GameCube up through now, it just sounds like it could be in that game somewhere. But, oh, dude, I loved it so much. I, get, I got this weird nostalgia just hearing that because I, I just, Animal Crossing is just one of the best games ever. So I have this just crazy nostalgia for it. So just hearing it just made me happy. But then the chorus too, the the catchiness of that chorus, it's so simple. It, it's, one, it's one of the most simple things he's ever done vocally, or, or at least on this record. Just, it's it's just so it's just Three so words. elementary. Yeah, it's I am so that. elementary. That's it. But just the way he sings it too, like there's no there's nothing really complex or complicated about it. It's yeah. just so straightforward and just simple. I love it. I I think it, it's just so catchy and it's just so much fun. I I love this song. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Fucking okay. Okay. Hell, it's so good. But I mean, and then you get like the guitar. It's just the simple upstrokes, which is kind of. I wanted more out of the guitar on this one because there are some great, mo- great guitar leads in some of these songs, but I was just hoping for a little bit more guitar wise, like throw on some effects, do some wah stuff. I don't know, but no, it was just like the simple, typical upstrokes. But, I mean, I, I, I think like th- this song, like lyrically is, is, is like the, the golden rule song, right? Like do unto others type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening here. So I, I I think he's really trying to hammer that home. And then we hear because like the way he sings, I am that I am that I am. It's fucking lazy. It's very lazy. <laughs> yeah. There's very little singing going on. He's just kind of like downscaling, and it's lazy. But then we hear like this 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 that 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 like keyboard hit right that one note that ding. Yeah. It's very. It's. I mean, again, I I this is twice in one episode, but it's very Nittleshins. Of our last demo, it's ding. Shoes, I know it's weird that I brought it up in two bow, two times in one bow, episode. Bow, bow, bow. Solid yeah. song, solid song. Great Lyrically, song. eh, didn't age well, but solid yeah, song. Something we will never play ever again. But that's a, that 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 loud keyboard note, like it's there, it's subtle. It doesn't hang out too long, but it hangs out just long enough for you to hear it, and then disappears. This song is just very, it's very lazy. It's very lazy, it and I I, yeah. I I I like that. I like that laziness. I do too. And I mean, another huge shout out to, to this album, especially the earlier half of the album, just the, the little nuances, the little touches of the keyboard and just, you know, certain little guitar effects that are just thrown in there that they, none of that stuff drives the song along, but it's just there. And the, the combination of it all just makes it into something very special and very unique. And I, this is one of those songs. It's a simple song that just drives along, but there's it's the nuances that really uh, that really get me at least. Yeah. I love it. I love the song. So should we play a little bit of uh, that of it? Play a little bit. Yes, there you go from Peter Tosh. To live up 
to your expectations Neither are you here to live up to mine Yeah I don't owe no one No obligation No one owe me none So everything is fine Fine I said I am that I am from Peter Tosh it is what it is it is what it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> oh I hate that so much I hate that so much I will forever sing it like that now the, the title of this song should it's gonna need it's gonna be put on our our no-no list I am it's, what I am I am I am that I am I am that I am I am what I am is uh what is that what is that? Um, I, I, I am what I am. I am what I am. What is that? From Looney Tunes, right? I I always just heard Fred and the Pod Palmer say that shit. I am what I am. I think it's... Ah, uh, oh, I think I'm pretty sure it's Looney Tunes, but I can't think of what character. But anyway, I am that I am. Uh, yeah, so do we, have, do we have anything else on this one? We We touched upon the lyrics a little bit, but do you have anything else on this one? I mean, if you have more lyrically, I, I, I really just think that this is, this is a, just a golden rule song. Like, just, just yeah. do you want to others what you want do you, done, un, done unto you? Agreed. I mean, I, I put, it's about lifting each other up instead of always bringing each other down. Okay. It's, I mean, but same concept, right? Same thing. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. So, uh, so let's move on. What do you got for your 3B? Uh, down presser, man. That is my fucking 3B, too, you son of a bitch. Dude, Down Presser Man is so <laughs> fucking good. It is really I think, good, yeah. I think Down Presser Man also like, may be a Beyond Banger. I think it's so goddamn really? good. I think Down Presser Man is, is unreal. We're getting very heavy reggae here. Reggae. Yeah, yeah. Reggae. reggae. Here. Very, very low-end stuff. Heavy bass. We're getting the low side of the keyboard. I love how the song is just like verse after verse after verse. Not like a real traditional type song. Yeah. It's just like a, it's just a long raga jam man. It tells more of a story than anything else. We can, and then like this one too, like this is the second track, but we can really kind of get a hold of like how, how tight. And even if you don't think the drums are as, as great as, as people think they are, and I don't, but like Sly and Robbie are tight. They are so yeah, tight. Yeah. They are fucking on point. And it's just, it's, this is, this, this is the fucking seventies. Like there's no, know, right? there's no going in there in the pro tools and, and, and pinpointing exactly the, the, the microsecond to where it sounds better. Like these guys are probably, and they don't fucking a lot of money to do this shit either. And they're probably high half the time anyway. And the fact <laughs> that it still came out this tight is unreal. Honestly, yeah, I think I it's know. unreal. 
I totally agree with you on that. On on this song, the two standout parts for me are the the keyboards organ as well as the bass cuz this is one of the few few songs on the record where the bass really kind of lays it down thick. It kind of really it cuts through the mix really well so you can really hear what he's playing. But the organ, oh my god, dude, it sounds so nice. It sounds so nice in the mix. It, at times he's playing like the the upstroke of the guitar as well, kind of playing along with the guitar. But then he kind of does these little lead parts throughout the song and damn it, it's so fucking good. The keyboards, organ and the bass playing just really just our killer on this on the song. I love it. Really this love one, it. This one's cool because there's a uh, there, there's a couple different versions of this that just out there in general. There's there's a ton of fucking live versions. Um, there's a good like kind of like dubish thing on the on the legacy edition that extend mm-hmm. just kind of like the down presser part, and it's uh, it's fucking great. And Goldfinger covered this on on their their first uh, live EP or album. Did they really? No yeah, way. Dar- Darren's coconut ass is is really covered it. <laughs> it's a great title for a live record. I I bought Darren's coconut ass on on CD back in the day. <laughs> I had it on CD and and it was just like on the CD itself. I think it said like like we are in in we are in between writing records. So here's like a live CD that we made just to keep you happy for a little while or something like that. It was good. It's a fantastic. I don't album. think I've ever listened to it. It's I really good. don't think I have. Solid. But Down Presser Man. Um, let's see here. Oh, another thing I liked about this song, the um the backup vocals. They're 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 kind of off a little bit, just like the what was it, the last song we did, the I Am That I Am. What was it that song? I don't remember. But anyway, they're a little bit off, but the way he, the way they the way they set it up in the channel, he was he was only coming in on the left ear. So it was like sonically this this record and this song is really well done it wasn't just a lot of the same shit in both ears like they really kind of tried to mix it up and pan between the different channels and everything like that they really did a great job production wise and doing all that kind of stuff and yeah the backup vocals on this song are also excellent just the the little the little because there's not a lot of it when it when it does hit, it's fucking excellent. So it hits, baby. It's real good. I so. I I I think like I think this is a beyond banger for me, more so than I am that I am. But I think when you like dissect the songs individually, I think that I think that I am that I am is a better song. But like <laughs> Down Presser Man is just man, it's fucking good. Like it just it 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 gives me goosebumps. It does. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's fucking excellent. So uh, let's play a little bit, a little Brit, a little Brit a little bit. Oh, of, a little uh, Brit, a little Brit, a little British. Are we a little fucking Brit over there? <laughs> <laughs> that's my Brit. That's my that's my little Brit accent. <laughs> oh, a little fucking Brit over there. It's terrible. What kind of accent is that, Skip? Let us know what kind of accent we're speaking, because we don't know. Um, the best dude, the best thing what? Skip had ever done with us, friend of the pod, Skip, who's who's yeah. he, he lives somewhere that's not America. I can't remember where. He um, the best thing he's ever done with us <laughs> is when he left that message explaining all of the different. Accents. Oh my god, that was so funny! 
and I, 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 I legit only <laughs> understood like two of them. But when I heard him speak them, I was like, oh, I, I have heard that before. I know, I know, I know what that sounds like, even though I don't know what you're saying. That was that was one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. Oh my gosh! His yeah, his it was breakdown truly educational. That, yeah, his breakdown of that was fantastic. <laughs> that was, oh that my was god, that was a good one. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh, that was so good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so here's a uh, here's Downpressor Man from uh, Peter Tosh. Downpressor Man from Peter Tosh. I love the way he says Downpressor Man, the way he sings that. Down. Yeah. He goes down. down he goes scales. down, yeah. Oof. This is like a stuff, cover man. too, though. Like This is like a, a, a rendition of like an old like African-American spiritual song. Yeah, yeah. From, I think it's called, from what I, in my notes, Sinner it says, man. well, it was from a song called Sinner Man, but that was derived from a song called uh, no hiding place down here, and that that song was the African American, like spiritual song. That's what it has here. But yeah, so this is like the third iteration of it, or some something like that. And that's but, that's, I mean, that is very, that's very Peter Tosh, right? If if yeah. we're talking just about modern music, and and I mean we've we've said it multiple times that like most, if not all, of modern music comes from like just blues delta blues which oh yeah is stemming from like spirituals so it's 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 so peter tosh to take a to take a song that started off as a strictly like african-american spiritual and then was translated into like a popular song that that mm. um, was probably done by multiple people in the 50s and 60s and then like put it back into the hands of like african-americans that's peter tosh perfect yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, and also like the, the gist of the, the song lyrically, 
was was about talking about how you know wicked men in the world can't hide once you know judgment day happens once judgment day comes like you can't hide forever like the evil people can't hide forever you're going to be found and i feel like that he's also with that being said he's talking about comparing that to you know people that oppress other people you know what i mean like the the oppressors can't always be on top you're going to be you're going to be um punished for what you've done this is like like when i mentioned earlier how how tosh will put on really catchy really melodic songs with these underlying notes of extreme violence Mm -hmm. and that's what this is and again I, I bring up like Crosby, Stills, Nash and everybody playing at Woodstock and then releasing albums in the 70s and singing folk songs. Like, fuck that. Awful, awful stuff. <laughs> like Peter Tosh is, is, is telling, tell, he's, he's literally saying that if you're an oppressor, you are about to get fucked. You are yeah, going to die. I, he, I don't know if it's he's going to do it, but somebody's going to fuck you. You're going to get yours. You're well, gonna get it, yours. It's also because you know the way he grew up and and his his entire life is really was, you know, was very violent. Like people, most people in the United States never experienced anything like what he did and other people in Jamaica did. It was it was way more violent. The way things were, you know, handled were much more violent. So he did it till fucking like the day he died. Did you, did you read or do you know anything about the the, the One Love concert uh, mm. with Bob Marley and Peter Tosh? No. So like there was this there was this this concert that was held like in the late seventies in Jamaica and and Bob Marley was like the headliner, and Peter Tosh played before him, and Tosh's set was was X amount of minutes and he spent seventy five percent of that time, like literally like looking into the audience at these certain group of politicians and saying fuck you you're the worst oh, I hate you I, I yes, hope you I die you are awful. He spent like 35, 40 minutes just berating these politicians. And didn't he Only smoke weed have... the whole time too? Yeah. Yeah, he smoked the whole time and was like mocking them almost or, you know, but testing two, them. Yeah. There, there, there's two big like takeaways from this. The one was when Bob Marley performed, he invited said politicians up and held their hands up and, and was like, we need unity. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Bob Marley's awful. Garbage. <laughs> and the second takeaway is the og- the the organizers of said concert were fucking killed, like within like a year or two after this concert. Oh, happened. were they really? No shit. Yeah, and so so you, like you have Peter Tosh up here who's like literally saying, "Dude, we are getting treated like shit." Specifically, like like cause, like we're, we're in, it's apartheid is going on, and the whole world refuses to believe that this is fucking happening. Yeah, you know the, the whole thing about the when we did um, uh, Endless Summer, right? That was that was a huge part of yeah of it was. why. That movie is, is problematic is because these two white kids from America decided Went not to Africa, acknowledge yeah. the apartheid. But like that wasn't the point of the movie anyway. But like the entire world is is is, is kind of like refusing to believe this is happening, what's going on, and Peter Tosh is is in the face of danger, knowing that, that these guys could just have him killed if they want to. He doesn't give a shit. He's just calling them out. He's calling them shitheads. He's saying, Fuck you, I hate you so much, I wish you were dead. I want someone to kill you. And then Bob Marley fucking holds their hands up and says, Oh, we should be like working together because that's awful. And then the organizers of this, of this uh, concert end up dying within like one or two years. That's wild. And that's why that's, that is why like Bob Marley is just a, a corporate shill. He's a fucking corporate shill. Yeah. And 
I mean, that could be a big reason also why, you know, he's pushed so hard. Yeah, he's pushed so hard in society, you know, American society. You know, everybody associates him with the weed and, you know, chilling and, you know, just being so relaxed. And uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I think most people... Passive. uh, Passive. He's he's known for being very passive uh, from a political standpoint. And we all know... Because that sells. That's yeah, it's, it sells. That's an easy sell. Yeah, yeah. You want to be like a little, a little political, but not too much. Like Crosby, Stills, Nash. Like these yeah. guys are singing their little fucking acoustic songs with Neil Young, and Neil Young thinks like, "This is stupid. You guys are dumb." And he's Canadian, for God's <laughs> sake. He's like fucking Neil Young had, had more to say about American politics than most Americans. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's, oh my that's god. That's very true. So irritating. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right, so that was our that was both of our three B, um, three Bs. So we have do we have anything else on this one? No, that's it. Okay. We can get. I mean, yeah, we're almost done. So what do you have for your four B? I mean, that's that's get up stand up. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. I so like like <laughs> just comparing this is this is written at least co written with or by Bob Marley, correct? And this is uh. Fun fact too, not fun at all. This is not fun. But this was the last song Bob Marley ever performed on stage before he died. No shit, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, oh, but I would yeah, say cool, interesting. Let's just say it, that. no, it's it's cool. It's not it's not uh, it's not fun like I said earlier. But it's 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 cool. That's a cool song. <laughs> okay, all right. Because it's like it's like it's like come on, man, Bob Marley. You you spent your entire career like making a, a name for yourself of being political and and bullshit and and kind of like pussyfooting around like the hard topics and then the last song you ever play is is a hard song that peter tosh made harder than the whalers did not as melodic not as not as catchy as the whalers did it but harder for sure and the last song bob marley ever played was kind of like getting back to his roots getting back to why why they probably started the whalers i think that's cool i like that i dig it yeah and with with this version of the tosh version it's it's also harder because I feel like the the guitar in this song I didn't I honestly didn't go back and listen to the Marley version, but in this one the guitars are a little bit heavier. There, he has he has more leads and it's just a grittier tone overall than from what I remember of the Bob Marley version. I mean it's been a while since I listened to it, but I just feel like th- this one has more of a more of an edge to it than than honestly anything Marley had done that I have ever heard but um I like that and then also along with this record this is another song where I feel there's a lot of things going on a lot of little little things going on with between the keyboards the percussive instruments and everything else kind of meshing together and I feel like the Bob Marley stuff didn't have that much of that uh, that much of of the experimentation I guess there's 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 not as much of it. The Bob Marley version, which is not the Bob Marley version, it's just like the Whalers version. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, because you, I mean, because, because Tosh and Marley do share lead vocals and and stuff. It's just it, it's the nuance that is different. And this was this was on the last album that they did together. So like the next album, I think was yeah Natty Dread, right? Burning Natty Dread. Yeah, Natty Dread was the first album that Bob Marley did without Peter Tosh, and so like. Like this, this song "Get Up, Stand Up" was the last, like, official thing that that he did with Peter Tosh, and and so so we're we're getting like an aggressive song that Peter Tosh wants to write, 
mixed with Bob Marley has an ego about him now who wants to be a pop star. He wants to be like the, the, the Jamaican Elvis, really. Yeah. And so we're getting this, yeah, this, this clash. And I do think like like the Whalers version is better musically. I, I think there's just a lot of like like a lot of contrast, a lot of clashing with what is happening. But I I just think like Peter Tosh's version is just is just super aggressive. And I mean I, I, we can just go into the whole thing about Bob Marley and, and 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 the Whalers hiring like white white people to to produce their album. This guy Chris Blackwell, mm-hmm. who Peter Tosh fucking could not stand, and and they pushed him out. But then Peter Tosh goes and hooks up with like. Uh, uh, Keith Richards and, and Mick Jagger, and he fucking hated them too because they don't represent like what Jamaican ideals are like. And it's just he was very much Josh a purist. So, it seems like he he just he was just so under 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 misunderstood. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I think it's to... because like the entire world, even still to this day, just thinks of Jamaica like like not the world, uh, mostly America. I don't say mostly America. I just mean me. People just 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 see Jamaica as this paradise. <laughs> I don't think it's that 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 close minded. I do think it's most of the world for sure. Like America just sees Jamaica as this like paradise. It's always been in paradise. You're surrounded by beach. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like no, dude. It's been it's been like they've been getting fucked for so many years. It's just it for, for a century, the decades they've mm-hmm. been getting fucked. They they've like the the big label. That was in Jamaica was started by like a white man, and these people just don't have any like like attachment to their culture whatsoever, and that's why Peter Tosh was so apprehensive about working with any of these people. Yeah, like yeah. like the Island Record label that most of the stuff was 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 founded upon was was started by like a white guy. Like, what the fuck does he? It was know all started about the by white guys. Of, of yeah. Peter Tosh. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck does he know? He doesn't know anything. Yeah, he's just there to make a big buck. It's like it's like what we saw when in the '60s as well when. Um, uh, what's his name? Went down to Brazil. What is who the fuck was it? Not Tony Bennett. Who who the fuck was it? The white guy, the white singer who went down. Barry Manilow. I don't remember what whoever whoever it was <laughs> went down to Brazil. Went down to Rio de Janeiro, and then you know experienced all the the bossa nova style and the the different styles in in Brazil, and he brought it back to America. And he started playing it, and people fucking loved it. So then, you know, all the record executives went down to Brazil, and they they brought in all these other, these like Brazilian guitar players and musicians to profit off of them because it was like the next big thing that was happening in in the early '60s, late '50s, early '60s. I mean, Stan Getz was doing that in the '60s. Yeah, I mean, but then it started with um, Gilbert. Oh, fucking, what's his first name? Gilbert. Zhao Gilberto? Zhao, yeah, Zhao Gil- Gilbert. Dude, what is wrong like, with me? I can't say I his name. I feel like he, I mean, he was a, 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 a fucking Brazilian, he was Brazilian. guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he he was only brought up, he was only brought into the scene because I think Tony Bennett went down to, went down to Brazil and kind of not discovered that style, but he he saw it and then infused a little bit of it into his own pop music and that's what kind of exploded here in the United States in the late 50s. And then all these Brazilian artists were, were signed to American labels and then essentially used and made no money because the record exec- executives just, you know, just pumped out records for them. But, you know, they made no fucking money. And I, I think that's did. just like the biggest difference between Bob Marley and, and Peter Tosh is, is both of them. 
and like the whole thing with Bob Marley, that he's half he's half white, right? Like that's a huge point of contention yeah. with with purists of reggae saying that Bob Marley can never be pure, can never be as good as anybody else because his his dad supposedly, and I think it's been, I think it's now been like like checked as factual. His dad was a white guy, and mm-hmm. so he can never quite be like one hundred percent. And so I, there's just. That's but he also spent parts of his life here in the United States. Like he lived in Delaware and I think a couple other states as well. Like he, he didn't spend his entire life down in Jamaica like Peter Tosh did. Well, they, but they, they grew up in the same, the same they parts. And, and, yeah, and they, they did. And they, they were ruffians and they were, they were, they were hood kids and they did hood rat stuff with their friends. And, <laughs> but like that's the difference between the two is, is, is I think Bob Marley really did want to make a better life for Jamaicans. I just think they they did it in a very different way, whereas I I do think Bob Marley, and it's a dumb childish words to say sellout, but I think I do think Bob Marley wanted to make a lot of money, and that there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, no, and that's, not at that's all. That's his prerogative, and he's he's entitled to do that because he's writing all the music. Whatever, who gives a fuck? But I think that's the path that he chose, which is going to lend him to be that legend album is legit, like the top ten best selling albums of all time. Whereas Peter Tosh chose the more militant approach, and just because it just wasn't of, as commercial, that's what it was. They couldn't yes, sell be, it as just well because of the Illuminati. Anything you do that's militant is just not going to get as much airplay. It's just not going to. Why happen. he was assassinated? Same with all the other ones. All everybody else. Dude, I don't. After reading like half of the shit about like Jamaica, like I don't, I don't fucking. All these people are fucking corrupt. All these politicians in Jamaica. Were oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. After reading that whole that whole uh, that one love concert and and the fact that the organizers were killed several years after that, and Peter Tosh, I mean, dude, like multiple times, a year or, or every two years, he was just pulled aside and beat to shit by police, like not just like roughed up, like beat to shit. Yeah. Like oh, and then up. what was it in the uh, like nineteen sixty six or sixty seven? He was driving with his girlfriend at the time. And they got in a head-on collision, and she died. But he had like major like skull f- like fractures in his skull. But he survived, obviously. And then he eventually died in '87. But yeah, he got in this crazy fucking car accident, and recuperated, and then did all this shit too. That's just fucking it's all the nuts. Dreads. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all the Padding. dreads. But it's just crazy how much this guy went through. I mean, living on like having your parents abandon you, living on the streets essentially you know creating this band with bob marley and and everybody else and then i don't know it's just what a crazy fucking life what a crazy bob marley like like just i I guess we can wrap it up at some point pretty soon i don't i don't think i have anything really equal rights i like to eh, whatever i don't really care yeah i mean i i we don't need to talk about that's my 5b and then african is my 8b those are the only two yeah. songs we haven't talked about. Just, just so. very, very political, very, very aggressive in their call to arms stuff. But I, I just, I, I mean, I'm already, I'm already in the the, the motion of doing my my rucka wrap up. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's so I'm do it. Like, then, yeah. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. I, I will say that Bob, there would, there would be no Bob Marley without Peter Tosh. Just straight up, it would not. Oh, it would not 100%. exist. It yeah. would not exist. Peter Tosh can still make a career without Bob Marley for sure. But there would be no Bob Marley without Peter Tosh. Peter Tosh is not a historic um, musician. He's not a historic guitar player. But he's pretty fucking good. 
Mm-hmm. He is pretty fucking good. He's like whoever plays for Iron Maiden. I don't know. Who cares? Because Steve Harris is fantastic. So <laughs> Peter Tosh is more of a guy that that is taking a genre of music that is um, is very is very 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 regional, and then militarizing it not just for Jamaicans but for like black people, mm-hmm. like the song African. He's he's not just calling upon like Jamaicans. He's calling on all black people on earth, but then it's kind of like even this other thing of like, dude, you don't need to be black to support just equal rights and then go back one track to equal rights itself. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't need to be a minority to realize that like we aren't getting treated fairly. And this is like the seventies. And this is, this is, again, this is a time when, when, when Woodstock and, and is just ending and we're getting into like Zeppelin dropping albums and everyone's, Everyone's dropping albums that are that are stealing from from black musicians in the twenties and stuff, and, and and pretending they didn't do it, and it's whatever. That's fine, okay. I don't know, but uh, here we got Peter Tosh. He's ready to fucking fight. Peter Tosh is ready to die for what he believes in, and as far as I'm concerned, until the day he died, he was still trying to help his murderer, and that's what I'm gonna go to my deathbed thinking, is that Peter Tosh is a man of the people. He's a man of the underclass. Yeah, and to his so. deathbed, he was trying to help the guy that he probably even fucking knew he was going to die, and he was still trying to help him, even though it was an assassination attempt. Not attempt, it was succeeded. Yeah, it was an assassination, succeeded. and Tosh had no chance, but even until the day, the second he died, he was still trying to help the underclass. That's a man of the people, baby. Yeah, I agree. Bob Marley never agree. Bob Marley got cancer in his fucking bunions and died. Not that that's funny. That's really fucked. Yes, I shouldn't make fun of that. Funny. <laughs> 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 yeah. But comparatively, comparatively, like one gets like assassinated in his home by some guy he tried to help, and the other one gets bunion yeah. cancer. But yeah, um, but yeah. Cancer, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like a toe or something. But yeah, it the, was his the toe. The firing yeah. beliefs. They didn't. They didn't operate or something. I don't know. Yeah, they wanted to get uh, like, like local remedies or natural remedies or something like that. It was but like again, um, like I, Andy I, Andy Kaufman was the same way. Yeah, had, I, I respect cancer, that. I do. Yeah. I, I I think I think society is, is overly medicated anyway. And and who who knows? I mean, just because Bob Marley, had he got chemo, he may not have survived. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, Probably we don't not. know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, <clears throat> I, I I think this is. I think this is the greatest reggae album of all time. I really do because it blends all of the things that that reggae music stands for and all of the things that, that people that want other people to understand kind of the plight of reggae is, is, yeah. is really about it's, it's equal parts fucking rhythm. I think, again, I think Robbie as a, as a bass player is just, he's fucking phenomenal. I think he's unreal. I think he's great. I think he's a fantastic supporting guy musically. I think this album is great. And, and mm-hmm. I think it has, it has a message. It's, it's militant. It's aggressive. But it's put like underneath these like, I guess what the new kids would call like these revolution, these fucking pepper sounds. God, I hate pepper so much. Fucking hate that band. Slightly stupid, so bad. If you take out Revolution's first album, Revolution is equally as trash. True. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Trash album. Trash band, I should say. That first album was fantastic, Mm. but that band is trash. I I just think Peter Tosh accomplished something that has never been accomplished before by any other by any other uh, reggae musician, and um, yeah, I think I think this is I think this is perfect. This is a perfect reggae album. This is this is I mean that's no brainer. 
It does. It does everything that I want it to do and more. That's a bold statement. That's not. It's not a bold statement at all. <laughs> all right, my uh, my final thoughts, very similar to yours. Uh, it has it has a great blend of the militant, you know, lyrics, the kind of aggressive lyrics. If you can be aggressive in in reggae, he does it really well. Uh, there's enough pop melody here to not be annoying like a lot of later stuff that he does and most everybody else does uh musically i mean there are just so many nuances to these to some of these songs there's there's so many layers to kind of unpack and it's fucking great the way that they were just able to intertwine everything and just make it just sound so perfect and just fill up so much space but never be too crowded and never too convoluted it's fucking fantastic. There's some amazing, amazing stuff on here. So with that, um, I'm going to give it a perfect three out of three as well. Oh, I gotta damn, do it. Girl, yeah, this is a perfect real, record. This is a perfect record, man. Oh, it is. It's this, so this fucking and, good. This and Legalize It are perfect records. They really are. I, I agree. I think Legalize is perfect. I, I just uh, if I had to knock it down, it's just I don't think it's as as, as honed in. It's, I don't think it's, it's as aggressive yeah. as this one. It's but not that as refined. Splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, but that's fine. Like I don't I don't need two equal or two equal rights. I don't need to legalize it. I'm fine yeah. having two things. You know, that have their their kind of quirkiness. I guess you could say. I think like like overall, Bob Marley had more. I don't know why I keep comparing the two. But like Bob Marley had more better songs, but just melodies, Bob Marley, pop melodies. That's it. Bob Marley never had a, had an equal right. Bob Marley never had to legalize it. Never. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right on that one. Oh boy! All right, so we and have then, anything and else? And then Bob Marley went and fucking cried to like Lee Perry and like poached his band. Did he, he really got a bunch do of that? guys from the Upsetters? Yeah, he got like the bass player and the drummer from the Upsetters to come and play on a bunch of his fucking albums. God, Bob Marley, dude. Get over yourself, people. People. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to do that. But um, all right, so do we have anything else on this one? That's it. That's on all, Gabe. Peter Tosh's. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. You know, give us five stars and um, tell all your friends because we are the best podcast in the world. So that's it. That's all. Come on. One of their Fucking first shows, shit. if not their first. No, I did. It was fantastic. I love that first album. I think it's fantastic. Well, you like you like theater rock, theater theater kid rock. You know, that's your thing. So yeah, that's my that's that you got to <laughs> condense me down to one thing. It is theater <laughs> kid thing. rock. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, speaking right. of Sublime? What is your, what is your one B? You know what my one B. <laughs> 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 That's my one B. Wow, too. and the, you said that one up real nice. Yeah, I Stephanie Razor. Yeah, I could not be your one B. It's so fucking good. It's um, come on. I am that I am. From Peter Tosh. It is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. <laughs> 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 so uh, let's play a little bit. A little Brit. A little Brit. A little bit. Oh, of, a little uh, Brit. 
A little Brit, a little British. Li- are we a little fucking Brit over there? <laughs> that's my Brit. That's my that's my little Brit accent. Oh, you little fucking Brit over there. It's terrible. That's a man of the people, baby. Yeah, I agree. Bob Marley never. Agree. Bob Marley got cancer in his fucking bunions and died. Not that that's funny. That's really funny. That's, I shouldn't that's, make that's fun of that. Funny. <laughs> 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 but comparatively, comparatively, like one gets like assassinated in his home by some guy he tried to help, and the other one gets 